0: When the person you crave approval from is your future self, it frees you up to do the right things. When you think about it in action, should I do A or should I do B? And you simply say, you know what, what would my future self be proud that I did? It's amazing the clarity you have. Welcome to the Emotional Fortitude Podcast. How to build the emotional fortitude to win in life and in business. No fluff, just real world results. I'm your host, Edomar Morani, ex-Israeli Special Forces, former undercover agent, jujitsu black belt, and mindset expert. Just wanted to let you know that I had the best trading day of my 14-year career yesterday. 70% of it was made in about five seconds after the employment report. I saw the data, knew how I was going to react, and aggressively got my max size on for an amazing trade. Then I was able to grind away for the next three hours and solidify career day. Thank you for your assistance in achieving this milestone also out of my top five training days of all time four have been in the past three weeks since the program started so today we're going to bring down a case study how somebody can achieve this kind of stuff and how they can get the four best days of their career a couple decades of a career because of a couple different instances and a couple different tools they were able to use and we're going to be doing our case study so with that said emil welcome to today's podcast
1: thank you so much i'm looking forward to this one
0: yeah all right, guys. So here's the deal. Dave is a trader in a hedge fund, okay? He works in the States, and he was doing very well, and he was respected amongst his peers, but he knew he was playing small. He knew he was kind of holding himself back, and that really came to light with him when I held, a, I held a virtual workshop for traders, and I talked about the core fears, and he held his hand up in a Q&A, and he asked something, and very quickly, we realized he had a fear around abandonment and possible judgment. And as soon as we brought that up, I could see that he had this kind of look on his face where he was like, oh... Whoa, that explains a lot of things. And from there on, he joined the arena and now he's in the Legion. And we're going to cover the results he's gotten, what enabled him to get those results and the exact tool I use with him that basically allows you to plan things and think things through even when there actually isn't time to do that, that allowed him to get that kind of result and get that record-breaking $800,000 day. So with that said, uh, two main things to note. One, Dave is a fake uh, name. It's anonymous. He requested to keep his name anonymous because he works in a, in a big company. And two, for transparency, also just to clarify the numbers we're talking about, he doesn't take home all that 800K that we're mentioning. He only takes home about 20% of that. But again, that's enough to, to get you guac, even though it's extra. So it's all good. Aside from that, any questions before we get going?
1: <laughs> no, no, no. 20% of 800 K is, is reasonable. We'll, we'll accept yeah, that.
0: It's decent enough. <laughs> all right. So what we're going to be talking about today is on a high level, how so many people they, what they optimize for is acceptance of others without even knowing it and how that actually takes away from their own success. Because instead of thinking, what should I actually do here to get the highest likelihood of success for me? You think, how can I avoid possibly slipping up and having other people judge me or possibly abandon me, think negatively of me. And while we've talked a lot about the core fears on a lot of podcasts, I want to explain the exact process he went through, because I think that could be very applicable for a lot of you guys out there. Sounds good. Yeah.
1: Yeah. No, I'm I'm gripping onto my seat looking forward to this one, no, really. Cool. All
0: right. So first things first, whenever we get somebody to start the program, first, like what we said, he identified that his primary fear was a fear of abandonment and judgment. So the first thing we got to do, we got to ask him, okay, what do you really want? Why are you here? And instead of asking, okay, what do you want on a surface level? I want to have, for example, bigger trading days, I want to make more money all this kind of jazz, we started from the inside out. Because the reality is whenever people say, I want this external result, it's because they're hoping this external result will cause them to feel a certain way. That if I get the house, if I get the big bonus, if I get the career day, if I get the exit, whatever it be, it'll make me feel a certain way. So what we do is we start by going inside out. We ask, well, actually, how do you really want to feel? What do you really want to feel about yourself, about your life, and all that kind of jazz? And that's the first thing we did with Dave. So the first thing when we asked him, how do you want to feel is he said, I want to feel proud. I want to feel accomplished and I want to feel fulfilled. Now, if you notice all three of those have nothing to do with other people. They're solely about himself, not himself in relation to other people, but himself in regards to himself. Does that make sense? Yeah. 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 So we figured that out and then we said, okay, what's the standard that you need to hold yourself to in order to be able to live that out, to really get those kind of feelings that you want to feel. And the standard that he set for himself, this kind of six-month standard that he's going to focus on for the, the next season in his life was, I want to live with courage. And in order to do so, I must take chances where I sense of opportunity, because this will mean that I'll be proud of myself for going for it when I have that opportunity. And that was the step one. Because up until then, he had never really thought about it. He was kind of just going along with things. You know, He was already doing a lot of the right habits, planning, all this, but he never thought, how do I want to conduct myself as a human being from an internal perspective? And just that created a shift. Emil, go ahead. So yeah,
1: saying just that created a shift makes it seem a lot smaller than that actual process was for him. So I recognize that statement that you made, that's from having gone through the, your process right that's having gone through the arena and that in itself is right. is unique for for people to have gone through so what when you ask what do people want most people don't know right yeah and when people think they know what they want then it's usually because um they've done countless other programs and it's about uh external validation it's like oh my my three-year mm. goal is to have this many million or whatever crap and all of these things are kind of externally validated for. So they're reinforced and and kind of encouraged. So people are blinded to actually what they really want. And on top of that, the words you mentioned, fulfilled, um, accomplished, they're vague, right? They're vague words, they're hard to define, whereas 10 million or 800K or whatever, these are hard numbers. So it's not even laziness, it's just, it's it's hard to, to, figure out what, what you actually want. And it's very easy and validated for to do other things. And lots of other people talk Mm. about it. And this is where people get stuck in a hole and people will be stuck in this hole forever. So what you said, you know, this was just from doing this, or this was just the first step. This first step is huge. And I wanted to highlight that because people will leave this podcast feeling confused, like, yeah, but this is so hard. It it is, It, it is hard. Why do you think it's hard? It's hard because everyone, the, a lot of the material that we consume on social media and, and media and, and in general is superficial and externally validated for, which is a potent, potent combination. It's abundant; it's it's all over the place. It's superficial, which is not good, and it, and it's very uh, people love it. They're like, "Oh my god, that's an amazing goal. That's so powerful. You, That's so good. Let's do it." Can my it sh- goal is the can same. Can
0: I share a hypothesis? that I also have here while you're just speaking? What could be interesting? I wonder if, because to me, this makes sense. Like obviously the the way we do it and what you're saying right now, for example, the goal, let's say I get to $10 million. I think that also signifies uh, a finish line, which is very comforting for people. Oh, when I reach this finish line, everything will work out and I'll be great. And then I can finally have the life of my dreams. And saying I want to continue Sorry, I just want to say this, and it was interesting because we had a we have a group in the arena going on right now, and I don't remember exactly the question or whatnot, but somebody asked me, so like, when when are you like good? When are you filled with feeling proud of yourself? (laughs) It's like when are you done eating food or working out every day because you should do it. Yeah, and that's the truth. Like, if you really want to have these feelings, it's a constant process of doing things that you're acting in a way that you're proud of doing things that fulfill you. It's And I think for a lot of people, there's a hope that, oh, if I just set a goal, I can get to the end of it and then I'll be done.
1: Does that ring? 100%, but do you know what else that does? It also delays or puts off the difficult process of having to think about this for real. You say, mm. I'll, I'll aim for 10 million. It's you know super quick, you pulled it out your ass, that's exactly what I did. And then it means that now I no longer need to think about it because I have a goal. It's it's an audacious goal. It's whatever. It's five years mm. in the future. I no longer need to think about this.
0: I can, I can just put off a tough and...
1: conversation with myself. Exactly. I don't have to feel those feelings of, of action looking within.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Cool. This is definitely not what I expected this podcast to go, but that was very right <laughs> Yeah, no, but it was very, that was very interesting for me as well. I just learned something new. I really appreciate that perspective. Um, Yeah, so kind of to clarify, the the way we do it is first, we get people clear on how they want, and again, this is on a high, high level. First on how they want to feel, because I think everything needs to stem from that. Then we ask them what needs to be accomplished in order for that to happen, in order for you to get these feelings. And then what happens Because I see a lot of these guys, they're extremely ambitious and they can go over the top of certain things, especially things that are more tangible. So in order to keep them in a certain kind of lane and make sure they don't go all over the place, we also ask, what's the things you don't want to regret? For example, somebody can say, I want to feel accomplished, but that means they'll go bananas on their business, but they'll neglect their family life. And I don't think that'll leave you feeling proud at the end of life that you neglected your family life for your business. So when we do those three things in that order, I feel people get very different level of clarity than they've had so far. So how do I want to feel? What's going to take in order for that to happen? But within what boundaries or constraints do I need to be able to pull that off in order for everything to actually work? To have a quote-unquote, like, aligned life. Does
1: that make sense? 100%, yeah.
0: Great. So we did just that part, <laughs> as Emil said. And that was already big for him because it completely set the standard of how he wants to conduct himself. And once we set that standard, we figured out, okay, what are the gaps here? that you have between this is how you say you are and how you need to start behaving. So then we figure out what does his effective mindset need to be? The effective mindset of somebody who wants to live this standard. So what values, what does this person need to start valuing for this to be a reality? And then how can we break down these values into very clear cut rules that'll make it very simple for him. When this action happens, this is the action you take. Any questions about this so far?
1: no this is this is the process this is how you break down the achievement of uh of, of the end goals both the external and internal
0: yeah so his top 3 values that he decided if i adopt these values for the next 6 months it'll help me live up to the standard that i set for myself were perseverance courage and one value that was much more concrete was just trading bigger point blank so from what, again, I don't understand uh, trading at, at specific levels in these hedge funds, but basically they they get allotted a max amount. Uh, like You're allowed to trade X amount of money per day. Each trader gets that max amount. And if you don't hit that max amount a certain amount of days throughout the week, throughout the month, they say, okay, you're not going to get a bigger amount. So what that does is when you see a giant opportunity, you can't really capitalize it because your maxes have been smaller. And that was an issue for him that he wanted to get bigger limits. So let's break down these values. First off the perseverance one, because we talked a lot about this whole standard is about to live with courage and to take chances with his opportunity and be proud of himself. So he had to have perseverance and the rules that he set for himself is that when I have a short-term setback, I stick to my process and look at the big picture. Trading is extremely volatile. And if you don't keep your emotions in check, every time there's a bit of a dip, you're going to regress. Another one with perseverance is when someone doubts me and I feel the physical discomfort, that is a signal to follow through on my initial judgment and trust myself. Now, again, these environments, especially because you have, uh, you have bosses that kind of check you to make sure that the trades you're making are okay. They're in line with the risk portfolio and so on and so on. it, It can be very nerve wracking because basically if you don't choose to view this person as an ally, who's trying to red team your thoughts so you can make better decisions, you can feel like this person's holding you back constantly, constantly arguing against you. And that's what led to rule number three, that I take some positive nugget from every situation, even if it's painful initially. For example, getting feedback from people or getting feedback from the market, selling hey, this was a mistake. And he figured if I can have more perseverance, I can give myself the opportunity to live with more courage because I'm not going to be deterred every time there's a downside. Does this make sense so far? Two
1: things there, Please. one, those those last two actions relate to our previous podcast about tough conversations where um, it takes two people to have a tough conversation, the person giving it with the right intentions and the person receiving it with the right mindset. So those last two rules are very much yeah. the receiving end, having the right mindset, um, yeah. which is awesome. The other thing to mention is, and I wanna highlight this because it's important, values, are a very overused word. And the way that we use them here, as Itamar explained, was that they're the the things that are missing in your current mindset that allow you to have an effective mindset, which will allow you to be the person you need to be to reach your goal, right? And go on.
0: Can I explain that in a bit of a different way? Please. So basically there's a gap between who you currently are and who you want to be. The way I see to bridge that gap is by saying, what would somebody who is at this place that you want to be, what are the main values that they hold? For example, in business, you can say, I admire this person. Because they've achieved this much. Well, what do they actually value? They probably value leverage more than you. They probably value strategic thinking more than you. Those are some examples. So the same thing, try to figure out what's the gap, what's the values gap and the thought gap that I need to, I need
1: yeah. to bridge. And with, with, once you've identified those, it's not just about putting a, a word, to them because the words for different people might be the same, but they might mean something very, very different. So even though these words like perseverance and courage are very generic, don't be fooled by that. It's when you get to the rules beneath them, the specific actions that you need to take, that's where it becomes unique to you. And these are things that probably happened to Dave, you know, multiple times a day or week where he was taking the, the wrong choice, the easy choice. And he needs to now change that to take the hard choice. So by defining that and making that a part of the value of perseverance, he can then visualize the path to reaching his goal and it becomes crystal clear.
0: Yeah. I really like how you said the, the easy choice. So the purpose of these rules are to make it very clear on how you can put yourself on the hook to live up to the values that you want, because they will let you become the man that you want. It's really that it's how can we, how can we put you on the hook in as clear of a way as possible?
1: that makes sense? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's exactly that. It's accountability. Yep.
0: Yep. Yep. All right. So that was value number one. Value number two was courage. And this was the big one. And his main rules were, I prioritize my belief in my judgment over approval from others. So when he notices, "Ah, I can either, I believe in this thing, but I want their approval. No, if I believe in this thing, this is what I do. Or I intentionally put myself into situations where I might fail. Because again, if we're saying that one of his his things that held him back was a fear of judgment or fear of abandonment, then we got to recognize this is a bias that you have that you have to overcompensate for initially. Because you overly shy away from these situations. So what if for the next six months, we overly correct it? Because then you'll probably find the middle ground where you should be. Does that make sense, that part? Yeah, I'm a
1: huge fan of overcorrecting. Um, because people as a knee jerk shy away from overcorrecting because they, and I did the same because they don't want to go to that extreme. And that's probably why they've overcorrected in this direction. So, but be reassured that even if you overcorrect, you'll still only approach the middle, approach the middle. Yeah. Yes.
0: Yes. Very well said. Exactly. Play with it. Try it. It's what, it's what you think over means (laughs) because of where you are, but it's really important to understand. It's not, it's it's not really overcorrecting. It's just because of what your perspective is and your biases, what you think over is, but it's still probably in line with where it should be unless, like Emil was saying. Yeah, so that was that. And then we had a third value, trading bigger. And that was very clear. As he said, very clear rules again, to put himself on the hook. He trades his max at least once a week. Because if he can do that, he can showcase to his peers, hey, I'm doing this at least once a week, give me a bigger max. On top of that, proactively asking for big limits after reaching certain milestones, milestones in his trading. So every time he's a specific, these were, I'm not going to say these out loud, but specific milestones of earnings. Every time he does that, instead of just waiting, oh, maybe we'll have a quarterly chat about this, maybe they'll approach me, maybe I can approach them. No. Every time this happens, I go and I talk and, Hey man, we just did this. Can we up my limits? Every time to put him on the hook. And it was very uncomfortable for him because he's been avoiding doing that. But having that clear rule made it very clear what he needs to do. And finally, the third rule he had is if I run things through my framework and there I go, I go aggressively. Not I wait on this, not I think about it, not I hope I don't mess this up, I go. And as you can see, this is already starting to add up why he probably had all these big days in such a short span. Because he already had the skill set. He was just holding himself back from acting on it.
1: Yeah, it's a crystal clear roadmap. When you break it down like this, it's like, okay, I see exactly what I need to do. And you know this, you know, all these things, this isn't magic, this isn't hidden. Um, and, And just one more thing to add there, which just occurred to me, but I love it is when people have values, they think that that's enough to then take the actions to live up to them. Whereas when you have the actions, and you do the actions, even when they're difficult, that is what allows you to live up to the values. You see what I mean? Yeah. So that's, uh, well, that I think,
0: you... I think whenever there's ambiguity, we naturally try to let ourselves off the hook, especially if we don't yeah. know we're letting ourselves off the hook. So the clearer you can make it, it that's what, a, that's what that meaning is behind simple, not easy. Yeah. The clearer you can make it, the simpler it'll be for you to do the stuff that's not easy. Yeah. But if it's not clear you can say, well, I can actually maybe go through option C or D or E or F, if F is the easiest and you haven't thought about it ahead of time, when you're in an emotional state, you'll choose the easiest path. That's why having these rules preemptively deciding on these rules, deciding, I'm perfectly saying, it, not just creating these rules, but deciding you're going to act on these rules. It's extremely powerful because in a yeah. situation that isn't comfortable, you'll still say, you know what? This is my rule. This is what I figured out. So I got to do this. This is what I'm going to do. That's what it is. Yeah. And I
1: think it hit home even more when it was very much I need to trade at my max once per week. Once a right? week. Yep. And and little rules like that means if you are doing this, by definition you have courage. Yep. Yeah. Yes. I love it. Yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah. That's a great way of saying it. Um so we got that down. But there's obviously still, um, let's call it emotional weight that could hold you back. And that's why we have this emotional fortitude part once you have clear, once you have a clarity on what you want, as far as your standard, I want to be more proud of myself. I want to act with courage and you're clear on how you can actually make that happen. You have the effective mindset to do that. Now what we got to make sure is that you have the emotional fortitude to act on it. Because in theory, if if you were a machine, we just gave you the first two parts, you'd be good to go. If you were a computer, we programmed, you. but we're all human beings. We all have our emotions. So we got to make sure that we have the emotional fortitude to not let those emotions distract us from the truth of what we should be doing. And the best way we do that is by flushing out what are the main blockers you have in your subconscious. And once we did that with him, things also took an interesting turn. So we realized that some of his main beliefs were that in order to be successful, I have to beat out others. And he had a lot of stuff. It was he was a a great basketball player in high school, and he had stuff from that environment that he was carrying over to trading and when he would see his there was one other star trader in his firm and when he would see his email reports of how he did this week he would take it almost as kind of not intimidation but man why is he doing so well why am I not doing so well instead of seeing it you know what if he's doing this well I can definitely do that well as well and the same thing with disappears when they're red teaming his trades instead of saying man, why are they always judging this or not just supporting it instead of saying, wow, I got someone really smart here to also help me make better decisions that can make me more money. Emil, go ahead. Can you just clarify what red teaming his trades means? Oh, sorry. Um, So red teaming is a general um, concept. So it's a military thing. So basically when you create a plan, um, a plan of attack, a strategy, whatever it may be, if you Emil created that, I would then be, uh, I'm part of your team. I'd be, okay, for just for the sake of the exercise to make sure there's no issues with your plan and flush out any potential dangers, I'm going to red team it. So I'm going to behave like the enemy. And I'm going to say, okay, this is what I would do. This is what I would do. This is what I do. And this is how I think I can take your plan apart. Mm. And if we do that together, then we can figure out a better plan together. Mm. So it's It's a very common practice. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Very well. Yeah, Yeah. exactly that. Yeah, Yeah. So and it's a very powerful tool that you learn in the military very early on. And I think it's also what desensitizes you to, to criticism because mm. you recognize I'm not I'm not being criticized. He's helping me red team this plan. He's helping me. He's not criticizing me. He's helping me criticize this plan. And if you're looking at people as always your competition, they're not helping you. You're competing against each other. Yeah. And once we're able to get his mindset around the fact that the belief was in order to be successful, I have to beat others out. It's not true. Your easiest pathway to success is by utilizing others, especially those whose job is to help your trades. It made a big difference. And that's what enabled him to like go bigger, trade bigger, because he just felt more comfortable and he was less concerned that people are going to judge him. Because he realized their job is not actually to judge me here. It's to help criticize and red team the trade so I can succeed more. That's literally what that job exists. His manager, for example, that's literally his job but it's all about understanding that in that way. Does this make sense? Yeah. The red team analogy is great
1: because the other guy on his team also doesn't wanna, you know, die on this plan. So it's in his best interests to, you know, make sure that it's the best plan possible. And I think in that analogy, you can see how they're exactly on the same team and it's not, it's not criticizing the plan. It's upgrading the plan. It's leveling mm. up the plan. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's, I, so I'll say this, like, I, I get what you're doing, but honestly, it is criticizing the plan. But it is criticizing the plan,
1: but with a goal yeah. of leveling it up.
0: Exactly. And a, goal, and a goal of not just leveling the plan up, but helping him out as well. And, and yourself, and out. essentially. Same with the yeah, manager. The manager a wants better it's performance.
1: It's a, it's a win-win. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And just to, so to see it as a win-win, that's the thing. So yeah. that was one. Um, another one was that if I wanted to make a, make a ton of money, then I'll have to sacrifice the balance I've cultivated in my life, which is a very common belief a lot of people hold. A lot of entrepreneurs, not just traders, but a lot of entrepreneurs see them hold this belief. And they put, they self-sabotage their success almost without recognizing it because they very firmly believe that if they get to the next level of success, the team grows, the business grows, the income grows, whatever it may be, they're going to give up their freedom. Usually that's the big word. I'll give up my freedom if my business grows. So without recognizing it, and they're completely unaware that they have this on a conscious level. They hold things back. They purposely play small. They ruin the big proposal in some way. They don't fully go for it. They don't give themselves the, I'm the, use uh, the word, the freedom to actually pursue something bigger because they're worried they'll be having certain freedoms taken away from them, the lifestyle that they've built, the happiness they built, the relationship with their significant other because they think it's going to up the stress levels, everything. And this is a really, really big belief I've seen a lot of entrepreneurs that really aggressively holds them back. Now the reality is that he, he realized that his performance is helped, not hindered by him taking care of his body, of his relationships. And also just like, he called it his spirituality. And he realized that I won't actually lose balance if I have more success, but me actually making, giving more focus to balance will actually allow me to have more success to think about it in a first perspective like that. I think a lot of
1: entrepreneurs have that belief. Um, yes they have to sacrifice balance and health for success and they play this out all the time relationships balance health all these all these little things that they think they can't do until xyz happens
0: yes so first off yes there's two camps i see there's some people who think they have to wait for those until they get to a certain level of success and there's also the other camp that already has those You know what i mean yeah, yeah, they yeah. already have a great relationship they they already have yeah, great yeah. Health. exactly and that's where they're afraid to scale their business to the next level i see yeah So that's okay. a subtle difference yep. yeah yeah it's a subtle but important difference because you can find yourself in either camp if you already have great relationships great health great friendships great freedoms in life and you find yourself the business has plateaued i would check and ask yourself do i hold this belief have i never thought about it before but is there a belief inside of me a fear that if I grow, if the business grows to the next level, it's going to take what I've worked so hard to gain all this freedom, this amazing lifestyle, this amazing relationship, being able to see my kids, all these kinds of things. And the reality is that might not be true. There might be yeah. a way for you to have your cake and eat it too, so to speak.
1: Or, or even the more ominous version of that is if you have already sacrificed all those things and your business has plateaued and you feel that you can't include them because to to get more business you need to work harder you need to push more you need to do more and that i see a lot of entrepreneurs in that position that seems to be the baseline yeah
0: then again you probably have something in your beliefs there's other ways 100 percent. other people have done it and like again it's something to recognize cool um so those were the two primary ones i wanted to go after does this make sense how even if you have this clear standard that I want to live with courage in order to do so, I must take chances where I sense opportunity because this will mean I'll be proud of myself. And you boil those down into an effective mindset of very clear values and very, very clear rules of what I must do. But if those beliefs keep pulling you in different directions, you won't have the emotional force to actually act out on them. Does that all come together? Yeah, I just want to...
1: Just, can I just repeat it once just please, for, 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 please, my, own, please, for yes. my own clarity? So uh, essentially step one, define the goal, both internal and external, and then define the person that you need to become to reach that goal.
0: N- not both first, uh, let's do it as an order first internal, then external. Yeah. Yeah. This is really important first define what do you want? How do you want to feel? And then what's going to be necessary in order for that to become a reality?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And then define the person that you need to become to achieve that goal or define someone who has achieved that goal and what they, what they have, which you do not. So then the second step is to find that effective mindset that that person has, which would allow them to reach that goal and break it down into values and then actions or rules. Yeah. And those actions or rules are those three specific things which go with each value. So by the end of step two, you have nine different very specific actions, like trade at my app max once per week. And this is the bit that I just want to clarify and repeat is you have these nine things. And if you just did those nine things, you would exhibit an effective mindset. You would become this person who needs to who you need to be to reach this goal, both internal and external. But yep. people you can't necessarily just suddenly magic sorry.
0: People are people. People are people.
1: people. So it's not like just because you've got this awareness that you can suddenly start taking these hard choices every time they come up, you're still Mm -hmm. going to be pulled towards these easy choices. And this is where emotional (laughs) fortitude comes in.
0: I want to say something interesting here that I just, I don't think I've ever clarified this on the podcast. So here's the deal. You have these nine things you're supposed to do now. I absolutely believe that even without the emotional fortitude, people will be able to actually start action in these nine things for a while, they'll get super motivated. And that motivation will overcome the internal resistance they have. And people will actually take action on these nine rules. But after a certain level of time, that motivation is going to be too much to uphold consistently to stay at a level 10 motivation to overcome your level 10 internal resistance. And that's why we say we don't want to bank on this and say, okay, we clarified these rules, now get after it and do it. We don't want to bank on motivation. So what we do is say, okay, how can we create a system where you don't have friction against doing these things or as little as possible? And that's why we then work on the beliefs and the emotional fortitude. Because if you can create an internal system in yourself where you don't have to get yourself amped up because there's not a lot of internal resistance you have to fight through in order to do these nine things, that's when it can become really, really sustainable. It's not just a sprint, but this is just, okay, this is what I do. This is fine. This is how I just get going.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, lo- I love that. The, the, the internal resistance is like you, you trying to do those things with a handbrake on. Yes. And if you've ever done a, a motivational course or a mindset course in the past where you were super pumped and started doing the things and then stopped after a while, that was because it was purely based on... Amping up drive and motivation, and then it slowly ran out, and you still ended up failing, right?
0: Yeah, uh, or, or kind of going back, or just having a little micro improvement. It's, yeah. th- I think there is, uh, it's extremely, it's necessary to figure out this future version of yourself, who you want to become, and the pathway to get there. What's also necessary that I think most programs miss out on is also figuring out what could be holding you back from doing that. Yeah. Because it's not, it's never just the clarity on doing what you should be doing. Oh, I didn't know I needed to do these things. It's never just that. There's also an internal component that's holding you back. So if you can lock on those two pieces, and that was the belief that we just went over afterwards, that's when you fly. And that's when you get these kind of results.
1: Boom. Clear? Yeah, I
0: love it. And also just to clarify, because Emil keeps saying how tangible this is. We literally have the guys, they have a tracker where everything's kind of populates for them and they have their values, their rules and their main beliefs or insecurities that hold them back. And they give us a score of how well have I been performing on these values and these rules this past week, every week they score themselves. And then they can see an average of how this is trending. And next to that, we also have how much are your primary insecurities or fears or doubts holding you back? And then they can also see, Oh, this is still affecting me a lot. This actually isn't affecting me anymore. So maybe there's something else there because I'm still not getting the result. And it's a very interesting way we can see like if everything's green, but you're not getting the results, something's wrong with the system, what we're actually trying to optimize for. If things are going up, we can keep tracking. It's, it's a very interesting way because, again, it's very, very tangible. Everything's supposed to be tangible and trackable. It's not just put it out into the ether, have these values, and that's kind of that. Cool? Yeah. Is that part clear? Yeah. All right. So what we did then, we really started getting very tangible. And we said, okay, what do you really need to start doing for this this stuff to go to the next level? And we figured out he had three really big opportunities in front of him. And there was uh, some big things in the markets that I don't really understand how they impact them. Um, For example, like midterm elections, how they impact the markets, uh, unemployment reports, and something called a CPI, which I i don't even <laughs> know what that means, but the initials mean. I'm just like, get the worksheet we did. Um, but basically, we, we figured out, okay, how can we make sure that in the high-impact situations, all this stuff comes together in a really potent way and you can take the actions that will really serve you, get you record highs and so on. And we created a bunch of mental models. And this is how you can compress time in a way where there's... Let's say five seconds where a big report comes out and there's a million traders trying to figure out what to do with it. But if you've created you've took the time ahead of time, spent an hour on this, figuring out what should I do in this situation? What should I do if this situation comes out as X or Y or Z? How will I feel about it? How will I process that emotion in the moment? And what should I do? You can make a decision in five seconds that for most people will take an hour. And when it's a time sensitive thing, like getting ahead of the market, that could be extremely valuable. So we created three mental modules for models, sorry, for the unemployment report, the midterm elections and the CPI thing. And basically the whole model around this was how to put myself in a position to be proud of being more courageous and trading bigger. So that's the goal here with these things. And we created simple models. We said, okay, what would an elite trader do in the moment? Then we said, what fear would stop you from doing this? And this is really crucial sometimes people stop when they create these mental models. What should I do there in the moment? But they don't also anticipate, how am I going to feel it's possibly going to cause me to self-sabotage that, hold myself back? So they have this plan, but then their emotion catches them off guard. So they don't actually act on the plan. And then we figured out the if, then, and because, which I'll get into. So, for example, the Friday unemployment report. What would an elite trader do in that moment? He'll be fully prepared for multiple scenarios, whichever way the report goes. He'll be prepared with what trades to execute in accordance with what figures get released. And he'll act with no hesitation once he has the data. That's what an elite trader would do. And then we asked, what fear could possibly stop you from doing that? We said, well, the market will move before me and the market might overshoot. It could expose me to a bigger loss. Um, I'll be out there with a lot of exposure. He realized those would be the initial insecurities that could stop him from taking the actions that would really serve. And as soon as we did that, he's like, man, this is really powerful. Because I recognize this now, and when I see it, I'm not going to be afraid that I miscalculated something. I just recognize that this is just a fear that's going to be there. It's not in, it's not an indicator or a stop sign, so to speak. It's just something that's there that's present. It's a It's an uncomfortable thing going really big. But it doesn't mean that I should be cautious because something's wrong here. So then we kind of boiled down to a very clear, tangible thing that if I feel a pinch of fear around the market movement or being exposed to a bigger loss, then I will remind myself that it's not going to change my life either way and take aggressive action. This is just one bet I'm doing to keep progressing. And why should I do this? Because then I'll be proud of myself for doing the right thing regardless of how it goes. And we did two more mental models like this, and this is what led to that one of those 800K days, and again, four out of the five best days of a career within three days of doing the program. Because he figured this stuff out, both about how he wants to behave, what he needs to do in order for that to be a reality, got rid of the stuff that was holding him back, and then also had the discipline to do these specific mental models for big opportunities. Any questions about this mental model stuff, Emil?
1: No, I mean, when you put it like this, it's almost, I mean, it's inevitable.
0: 60, right? (laughs) That's that's what we're trying to do. (laughs) (laughs) That's the goal. Yeah. Yeah. But I will say this. One interesting thing was that we did this together, me and him, with the mental models. We did the first one. And we first figured out the three big opportunities, and then we flushed out a mental model for the first one. And then I was like, Okay, let's go do number two and three. He's like, I think I'm good, man. I think I can do them by myself. And I'm not sure he's like, No, actually, you know what? I think I don't need to do them. I think I figured this thing out. Okay. I was like, let's, let's do them. Let's just do. (laughs) And it was an interesting process for him to realize that even if we went through them, he needed to do them. You still have to do the legwork. You can't just expect yourself to be able to, okay, I learned this trick so I can pull it off at will. You do have to have the discipline to do the legwork to create these mental models ahead of time. And he did that. He created number two and number three, and he did the legwork. That's why he's the success.
1: And look, this applies to this whole process because I can imagine people will listen to this podcast, gain some clarity and awareness and be like, okay, I've got this. I figured this out. This is amazing. I feel great. But you actually have to do the legwork and go through the steps and and take the time. And it takes time to go through each of these steps to gain the benefits. It can't just be a nebulous abstract. Oh, this, this feels good because I've done a random little piece of it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Do you have any closing notes or questions or things you feel like we should harp in on?
1: No, I've been jumping in throughout. So I think it's,
0: uh, it's great. Cool. I want to say two things to wrap up. One, the reason he was able to see all the success when you boil it down to what was the first action that allowed him to start going through all this is that during uh, a Q and a session with a lot of other people on the call, he raised his hand and he asked a question. And it's such an interesting thing. I was giving a talk in, a, in Bangkok. There was 120 people in the room at the end of it. I asked, okay, who has a question? And they all came just for that specific talk. It wasn't a part of another event. And only one person raised his hand. And I was like, okay guys, we have time. Who wants to like, I'm literally here to coach you guys. I'm here to have, give as much as possible. And people didn't raise their hands and they denied themselves the opportunity to be helped. That's the first thing. A closed mouth doesn't get fed. And it's really that simple. When you have the opportunity to be helped, get help. That was the first thing. I think that was really the main reason why he was able to do all this. Because he had the courage, whatever you want to call it, during that call to say, hey, this doesn't feel fully comfortable, but I think I have this thing. I want to ask a question about it in front of other people. And that's why he won. So that's the first thing. The second, to kind of encapsulate all this, he already had all this skill set. To trade, I didn't. I've, you guys could see. I don't know basically anything about trading. I have a couple index funds, and that's as as much as my as my knowledge there goes. But when you boil it down again, mindset is an access issue. And to kind of ask the question, I asked him for you guys: Is where is optimizing for external approval causing you to contract, to perhaps live in fear and play small and only access a little bit of your potential because you're afraid of possibly being judged? possibly losing. And how much more free would you be if you access all of your abilities if you really optimize for feeling proud of yourself instead of seeking approval from others? It's such a big thing. And I've told this to the guys in in this specific arena court, a couple of them really latched onto it. When the person you crave approval from is your future self, it frees you up to do the right things. When you think about it in action, should I do A or should I do B? And you simply say you know what? What would my future self be proud that I did? It's amazing the clarity you have. And even as Emil said, when there's an easy choice and a hard choice, you just forget about easy, hard. You just take the choice that will serve you, regardless if it's easy or hard.
1: I love it. That's it it for Uh, me. Yeah. And and even tying the two together, um, trying to avoid judgments of others, like not asking a question in a room of people is fear of judgment of what how you might come across and how people exactly. might think that's making the easy choice is not asking that question. So it's just how they tied together was just very, uh, Def. entertaining for me. Yeah.
0: Cool. All right. So I think we'll wrap it at that. Aside from that, thank you, Emil, for being on and we'll see you guys in the next episode.
1: Thank you. Thank you. See you next time.
0: Thank you for listening to the emotional fortitude podcast. Please tell a friend if you enjoyed it and found value in it. Three last things before you go though. If you feel like someone else with your exact skill set and abilities could be accomplishing more than you currently are, that's a mindset and emotional access issue. And here are three ways I'd love to help you conquer any internal limitations, go big, and win. One, three quick ideas Tuesday newsletter. It's a weekly email with three quick ideas around one aspect of elite performance and how to approach it differently to get better and faster results. People say it's the most thought-provoking and impactful two minutes they spend in their inbox each week. It's easy to sign up to and easy to cancel, and you can sign up at edamomrani.com slash three ideas. Two is the Emotional Fortitude Micro Course. It will help you build the emotional fortitude and confidently tackle any goal. It's the complete nothing held back emotional fortitude system in five simple parts. It's all under five minutes each module. See it, use it, and win. And it's completely free at edamomrani.com slash course. And number three, lastly, if you want to dive in and aggressively level up, the Arena Mindset Accelerator might be for you. It's a six-week intense sprint for entrepreneurs who are up for a dramatic transformation. It's an interactive live program where you'll be working with me in a very hands-on way to get clarity on what you want, build an effective mindset to optimize for your goals, and establish elite emotional fortitude that would allow you to overcome any fear or doubt that could get in your way. You can learn more at edamarmranicom slash accelerator. You can find all of these links in the show notes below or go to itamarmorani.com and have a look around. Until next time, who dares wins.